0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Still to be Determined podcast. This is the podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I'm Sean Farrell. I'm Matt's older brother. And I'm a writer. And Matt, you want to say hi? Hi. Before we get into the episode, reminder, we have ways to directly support the podcast. You can visit stilltbd.fm. There's a link there that allows you to throw some coins in a cookie jar. There's also... If you're on YouTube, there's the join button below the video and you can join and subscribe directly here and directly support the podcast in that way. Eagle-eyed viewers on YouTube will recognize that Matt and I are suspiciously wearing exactly the same clothes we were <laughs> wearing last week. <laughs> People yes. who are listening to this audio only via podcast don't never know. It was probably harder for you to recognize, but I'm sure you heard the the green blue of my t-shirt and yeah it's like wait that sounds awful familiar there's a reason (laughs) for that this episode normally of course we revisit the topic that Matthew has covered in his most recent video but not this week this week we are doing something different this is being recorded in the past for you for (laughs) you for me it's the future yes for Matthew I think it's the present but we are recording this in advance because of conflicts schedule conflicts next week. So we won't be able to have an episode directly tied to Matthew's video, but I thought it would be an interesting conversation to talk about what is the life of a video. So I wanted to find out from Matt things like how do the ideas start? How do they develop? How long does a production take and basically what is the start to finish process? for his videos, which at this point, I think it's easy to say that Matt, your videos have a reputation for being highly polished mm. that they are in my estimation at least. And I see this in a lot of the comments, um, TV quality, like newsroom quality where somebody would say, and now to Matt with more about tech. And then you'd be <laughs> sitting there and saying like, Hey, here's how agro farming works. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, a little bit deep background. Do you want to talk about your background as oh, yeah. how does the polish happen? And how is it that you as a single person understand what all the wires and cables around you in the room you're sitting in right now, how they all connect <laughs> they do. and what they all do. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, well, my, well, so you know,
1: Sean, my background goes like I've always been involved in the creative fields. It's during growing up, to college and grad school and my profession i've worked as a creative director at a video game company for years i have a master's degree in video production shocker <laughs> it's like that might explain a lot so it's it, i've worked in theater and live performances and audio recording and audio engineering so it's like i understand all the different pieces and things that you have to pull together and as a creative director i understand how everything from script to execution to uh, post-production comes together and how you have to basically keep a consistent like feel for everything you produce and try to achieve that uh, level of quality that i'm going for every week um Mm -hmm. for a long time i did the channel completely by myself so i was doing all the research myself writing the scripts myself filming doing all the editing very quickly that um (laughs) became not sustainable because i was working 80 to 100 hours a week to produce a single episode and i was working week to week literally so i was always under kind of like a an eight like a gun <laughs> trying to yeah. get the stuff completed so i could hit that weekly cadence um and the
0: the initiation of the the of the channel mm-hmm. was really just uh, a marriage of your interests in on the one hand the technical stuff of like making videos like mm-hmm. you had an interest in doing that you had interest in tech in general yes yes and and i think it's safe to say I'm going to put words in your mouth, um, that your interest in sci-fi and storytelling and kind of a vision of the future fed into like, well, what is the tech now? And how is that, how is that meshing with what is going on in our lives right now? Yeah. I mean,
1: the, once again, Sean, Sean knows this. I'm a sci-fi nerd and geek through and through star Wars, star Trek, all that kind of stuff. I've always been obsessed with, uh, like futurism, um, like where things are going and it's not just, oh, that's cool sci-fi, but like, oh, there's a glimmer of something that I could see that actually becoming a reality in 30 years, hundred years, you know, 200 years down the road. Maybe we can actually do that kind of thing. Um, so that has always been with me and being able to produce videos and knowing what to do to produce a video with on a Venn diagram combined with my love of technology and consumer electronics and my concern about the environment. It's like when you put all those things on a venn diagram where they intersect is what drew me to produce the videos that I produce. It's like sustainability the environment technology video production. That's that's the intersection of what I do.
0: So then you start doing the videos and as you said it you were hitting 80 to 100 hour work weeks and (laughs) I don't know why you thought that wasn't sustainable. (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> getting burned out really fast doing that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where were you initially getting your ideas and for, for topics and did that change? Has that changed over time?
1: Oh, that's shifted. Um, it was originally just what was going on in my life at the time. Like I was doing videos on my Tesla. I was doing videos on my solar panels. You know, I bought a new electric lawnmower. It was like literally the things that were going on in my life were inspiring the topics. And as time went on, that started to evolve into, uh, looking at the comments and hearing what the, uh, the themes were in the comments I was getting on my videos of like, what about, you know, solar, you know, what about does solar work for all homes? Does, what about batteries that you can put in your homes for this? And so I started seeing these themes come up and would try to answer those questions that I was seeing come up again and again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then today it's a combination of comments. Plus I'm constantly combing uh, news articles on sustainability and environmental technologies. And so when I see a, a news article that pops up, that's like a really cool piece of tech. I'll add it to my idea board. So it's a combination of viewer comments, what's going on in the news and just what what's catching my eye at the time I'll put onto an idea board.
0: hmm So you have an idea on your idea board. You've got some loose idea around a theme.
1: Mm-hmm
0: what's the next step? Do you just start doing Google research and going deeper into it, looking for places where companies are actually using something and then go from there? Or do you very quickly move into a deeper dive on a specific company or tech?
1: Um, it starts more high level. It's like typically I'll go into that idea board, which like right now there's literally over a things on that list right now. I'll go into that idea board, take one and I'll do a little cursory kind of Google searching to see what's actually deeper in there to see if there's more there. And then I'll also do a little bit of a vetting process to see, is there an interest in this beyond my interest? Like, do I think my viewers will be interested in this topic? And if it passes those two criteria criteria where there's something more there and it looks like there might be viewer interest in it. Then it becomes like, it moves on to my process of,
0: okay, let's actually make this a video. How do you determine that there's viewer interest?
1: (laughs) It's literally like you go to YouTube and you can do a search for it. And if you see other videos, um, you can go to Google trends and do a search on Google trends and see if there's kind of a, a bubbling interest on Google searches. Um, just things like if you see lots of articles popping up on different news sites about the same thing, it's like, that's a sign that there's interest there because there's a lot of people talking
0: about it right so that's typically kind of what I'm looking for. Okay so you zero in on what you're going to talk about and as you said you previously would do all the research yourself (laughs) at what point do you say okay I now know I'm going to make this video and then do you immediately hand off all or a portion of that to somebody to help you do the basic background research or do you work in concert with that person what happens there and where and who are these researchers? You might yeah. <laughs> I still do some of the
1: research myself because there are scripts I write myself. Um, but there, I now have a couple of guys. Um, one, his name is Antonio. Another one, his name is Cassiano. Um, these, they help me with the real deep background research. So once I know there's a topic I want to do, I may not know what the angle is of the video. Like what's the angle I'm going to take on the story I will have them or myself will go and do a really deep research. I try to find all the articles, the research papers, the things that really kind of like start to flesh out what's happening on that topic. Mm -hmm. And from that we have a conversation. So if it's myself, I just come up with the angle on my own, but if it's like Cassiano or Antonio, it's they come back to me with kind of a outline of what they've found. And I kind of look through their outline. I look through the research they found and together we kind of come at, okay, we think the angle should probably be this. Let's look at uh, airships and blimps from this point of view and let's go down that thread and so then, then what they do is they take that deep research and they start to tease out and put together a first draft of a script and then they send that to me and I look through the script. I'll make a ton of comments. I'll give a lot of feedback. I'll start to integrate some of my own points of view into it hand it back to them. They'll do a revision and the final pass is always me. I always do a final pass on the script. Um, if there's any gaps I see or anything I think needs to be moved or removed or something like that, I'll, I'll do the final edit and final pass on every script. And that's how we end up with what I end up sitting down to film.
0: Right. And that sounds very much like a, ultimately that's a producer role. Mm -hmm. Like if this was a TV show, you'd be, (laughs) you're talking about yourself as producer.
1: Yes. Um, if I'm not writing, if I'm not doing the research and writing myself, because there are still scripts I do that on, but without those guys, it's like, I wouldn't be able to hit this weekly cadence with right. highly researched topics the way they're, they're turning.
0: Well, out. again, you go back to the idea of, of an 80 to a hundred hour work week. Yeah. If you try and sl, uh, slice that into manageable work week time, you're literally talking about three to even possibly four people mm-hmm. or more in order to make it a, a, a manageable number for yourself. Yep. Yep. Um, and for you I imagine part of that is also the changing of the hats you need to make time for recording so there you are being director and performer um and then on top of that producer and initial researcher script writer so Mm -hmm. the changing the hats I imagine you've broken up your week into different days or different roles because. Otherwise, chaos would rain. I can't even yeah. imagine how chaotic it <laughs> yeah. would be to say like, oh, from 11 to 1115, 11. I have to do this. And then I have to do something completely different from 1115 to 1130. Yes. Have you sliced your week up in that way to say like, Monday is my research day. Tuesday is my script review day.
1: It's, to a certain extent, like I release videos on Tuesdays. So Tuesdays for me, I may record an episode on that day. But I tend to leave my Tuesdays open so I can reply to comments so I can keep my eye on how the recent video is performing and Mm. respond to things in real time. So I try to keep my Tuesdays kind of loose for that. Um, Mondays tends to be a recording day because it's starting the fresh week and I can record a video, but I've even started to break up my week. Not, not, not by the week, but by weeks where I'm doing things in batches. Like just last week I recorded four episodes last week. So I basically recorded one month of content in one week, and mm. now for the next two to three weeks, I'm going to be focused completely on living on the beach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe be, I wish I could do that. I'm going to be vetting topic ideas, helping to revise some scripts and write a couple of scripts on my own over the next two to three weeks. Mm. And by the time that two to three weeks is up, I'll probably have five or six scripts ready to film. And so I'll probably film another three or four at once over a course of a week and then I'm doing this, I'm trying to do this batch cycle because it removes some of that task switching, which yeah. is really hard to do. But even in doing what I'm trying to do here, I still have to, re- I still have to review edits from my video editor, you know, a couple times a week. I'm still having right. to get at random times. I'll get a script from one of my researchers that I have to stop and review so I can give them feedback in a more time appropriate way. So it's like there's still task switching that throws me off of kilter every once in a while. Right. But but this batch process that I've kind of landed on is working much better than my old process for sure.
0: So we've gotten you up to as you just brought it up yourself. You're doing your video recordings uh, maybe there's a day or several (laughs) days where you're putting together your videos. These are not ready to go live no. the next day you couldn't you would not be willing to publish that Im- immediately now what's the step that it what's the next part of that life cycle for that video where does that go
1: yeah the the, the videos this is where the magic really happens in the videos it goes to sunny who's my video editor and i love this guy he's 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 a good human being and a very talented video editor this is where it gets challenging because uh you've brought it up here it's I'm old school in the way I was taught on how to edit videos and you don't want to show the cuts. You don't want to show the edits. You want to mask them all with B roll to make it look very polished and finished. And if you notice on most YouTube videos, there tends to be lots of jump cuts Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of thing I want to avoid in my videos. And so that makes this part the challenging part. And Sunny does an amazing job with it.
0: And how much of the stock imagery, Uh, stock video, the, there is sometimes incorporation of companies, promotional videos, their own Mm -hmm. PR stuff. I know that they probably provide you with when you initially reach out to a company, if you're talking about a specific company, I imagine you reach out and they provide you with probably a PR packet. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, the incorporation of all of that that's left in, in Sonny's hands. Yes.
1: Like it used to be obviously all me. And when I first started working with Sonny, I would try to give him, I would try to find a bunch of the B-roll myself and would give him like links and things like, look here, look here, look here. Today, I don't do any of that. It's literally, I record my talking head footage and I pass the files off, the script off to Sonny and he does a better job at finding B-roll than I ever did. So mm. it's like, he's, he's better at it than I ever was. Right. So it's like, sometimes he finds footage where I'm just like, how how did you find this? And it's like, listen to Sherlock Holmes. It's like, well, I went to the company's website and I saw this video there and I followed the link over to here and I looked in the source and found the link on this YouTube thing, which made me realize it was actually owned by this other company. And it's like, like, Sonny, what are you doing? It's like, he, he, (laughs) he goes down rabbit holes to find incredible stuff. And that's one of the challenges with YouTube too. Is like, and then he's like,
0: and that's how I know Elvis Presley is alive. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, 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 The challenge with what I do is like, how do you, there's, there's the rights issue. Obviously you don't want to use videos you don't have the rights to. So typically what we're doing was we're sticking to YouTube videos that are basically PR material. Yeah. Because there's never a question about using that stuff. Um, there's times where, like you mentioned, I reach out to companies directly. Like, do you have anything additional that you can share with the press? And they will typically give me like a press kit. but They'll give me versions of the video that without text on top of it. Um, companies like tesla and things like that they typically have press kits available that are free to use for the press um and then we also have subscriptions to uh stock photography sites like adobe and video blocks and things like that where we can pull additional like aerial shots of solar parks it's like that kind of stuff we can just find on those stock photography websites so it's a combination of a little bit of everything but it takes a lot of sleuthing to pull it all together
0: and what you've described at this point is really Sonny had to learn your voice, my style. yeah, my and voice once, style. and once he learned what your voice was, he's able to do that on his own. And yep. really like it, it all seems like, and again, going back to that is ultimately the role of the producer, a producer is putting their voice around the entire package, even if there are other people involved. Right. And that's, I think what has maintained the consistency here is that it does seem to be your voice coming through.
1: And, um, the other thing I would want to point out is like, there are things I've always wanted to do in my videos, but when I was doing it by myself, I didn't have the time. So I would right. have to take shortcuts. And one of the things I always wanted to do in my videos was to be a little more thoughtful with the music that's being used, adding sound effects to things to make the videos feel a little more alive. Cause a lot of times these videos have no sound at all to them. And so since, since there's somebody that's dedicated on Editing these videos for me, like Sunny, he's doing all of that. We're using more music, we're using more sound effects, and the videos are looking a little more polished than they did before because he's completely focused on that. Where before, I would be like, "I want to put sound effects," I just don't have the time to figure that out right now. I just have to move. So it's it's been very helpful.
0: So Sunny works on a work Mm -hmm. schedule where he's getting effectively large amounts of work from you, multiple videos potentially at one time. His return to you. Must be spread out over a period of weeks. I imagine you don't it, have a turnaround with him where he's getting you all three videos back within a week. I imagine it's no. like on a weekly basis you're getting things back. I get about you're giving a video it an a week. initial run. Yeah, I get about a, a video a week from him. Yes, and you're and you're giving it an initial watch through, and if there's any final polishing that is needed, he's taking care of that.
1: Yeah, he sends me updates like as he's working throughout the week. He'll say I've checked in all my edits. If you want to check it out and leave some comments, and I can we use final cut so I'll open up final cut I'll look at his edit and I can leave markers on the timeline like change this change this I don't like this clip or this is awesome I'll leave him feedback and he can make adjustments over the over the
0: course of the week and that's built directly into the editing software so you're effectively looking at the same project as if you're sitting in the same room
1: yeah it's actually kind of a a good and bad thing because it's like because I'm a video editor myself it's like when I open up the font cut project I can just go in there and go tweak 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 and tweak stuff myself right I try to avoid that as best I can. I try to leave feedback because if I'm tweaking things and he doesn't know what I changed, it's like, yeah, he's not gonna understand my voice. So I'm always trying to make sure I'm giving him feedback so that he knows what I'm liking and not liking. And he's learned it's like his videos are like 95% there almost every single time.
0: So you're getting the video back from him in a final form. He's like, I'm done with this. You're like, I agree. It's ready to go live. Typically, how much time between you getting that final product and it going live? How much time is there? Are you getting these projects on Friday and it's going live on Tuesday? Or is there more of a more room there?
1: I typically we wrap up his portion of it on Wednesdays and then they publish the following Tuesday. And the reason that we need that big buffer is a lot of my videos have sponsors and sponsors have to see the cut of the video to give final approval on their segment. So typically what happens on Wednesdays is I export the final videos, I put them up, somewhere where the sponsor can check them out and make sure their portion is good to go. And they give me feedback and usually Thursday or Fridays is where I'm published. I'm putting them up on YouTube scheduled, ready to go on like Thursdays or Fridays. So mm-hmm. I don't think about it over the weekend and they just launch automatically on Tuesdays.
0: Very good. So it's going live and you've got a community of. Patreons around you supporting the production of all of this. How you don't have to give specific numbers, but what does your Patreon community look like now? How large a group are we talking?
1: It's a few hundred people now. It's almost a few hundred. And it's 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 bigger than I ever would expect it. And my patrons are awesome. I just like I for my higher level patrons, I hold a monthly Zoom call. So I've actually gotten to know a bunch of them. Um, like Rob Vanderwau, who is one of my original producers he's helped me on videos, write scripts. Um, I've actually become friends with a lot of them. Um, it's, it's, they've been incredibly supportive, not just with money, but with, you know, moral support and feedback and story ideas, but they kind of the amount of money that I get from Patreon, not to get into specific numbers. It covers sunny, like the Patreon money. The way I look at that money is it's helping to fund a lot of the production itself. So it's like it's paying for sunny. It's paying for those stock video subscriptions. It's helping to pay for some of my research um, researchers money. Um, So it's it's helping to kind of give me a nice baseline to make sure I can cover the costs week to week of what it takes to produce the videos.
0: That's all. It's very interesting because I'm always involved at the literally like the last stage. Yeah. It, yeah. it goes live. I watch it. And then you and I have a conversation. I'm not involved in any aspect of everything you've just described and it's, and it's fascinating to me if you consider our conversations then post release mm-hmm. part of the life cycle of the video, each of these episodes is actively engaged with and worked on and discussed over more than a month. A couple it's, months. Re- yeah. It's yep. really, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, part of, of what you're doing. I think that the, the skill that you show and the talent that you've pulled in around it is easily seen. So this is just me complimenting you on putting together something that's, uh,
1: Thank you. And you are, you are part of that Very good team. quality, but also like
0: clearly <laughs> finding an audience. So Wait
1: you are part of that team i mean this this conversation the post conversation i do see as an important part of the conversation It's the videos are a a conversation between me and the viewer so i'm always looking through the comments and this podcast is meant as a way for
0: us to kind of just discuss openly
1: you're you're coming at it from the everyman point of view which is what i love
0: i am very happy to be the man on the street coming in and saying but i don't (laughs) understand solar panels (laughs) because I scares me (laughs) i don't I am scared. (laughs) Yes. So our listeners should tell us what they think about this. If any of you have any thoughts about what we've talked about, about the life cycle here, it would be great to hear from you. You can find the contact information in the podcast description. And of course on YouTube, the comment section is directly below the video. You can weigh in in either place. Don't forget there are ways you can directly support the podcast. Surprise, surprise. We just talked about one. (laughs) There's Patreon. There's still tbd.fm. There's also the YouTube join button, which allows you to support us directly from YouTube. Please be sure to give us a rating, a review, share us with your friends. All of this really does help the podcast. The podcast helps the channel. The channel helps Matthew. And then Matthew literally helps a village of people put together these videos. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.